Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network. We uh, say hello to our great radio partners, Sports Radio 104.7 across the Upper Cumberland. Uh, if you are listening in Alabama, Fox Sports Shoals and Muscle Shoals, in Florence, Alabama, Huntsville, in uh, Missouri with Somo Sports Radio, glad you're a part of Outkick 360. We are live at 6th and Peabody in Music City, talking SEC and NFL every day, football every day. And uh, at 6th and Peabody, you can grab great food and drink and check out all the football and any other sport or any other movie for that matter. They play them all. Uh, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in 20 minutes, a big topic about Sean McVay and some of the factors that go into making him successful at 36, winning his first Super Bowl title, coaching in his second Super Bowl, and becoming the youngest head coach to win the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, headlines as we begin, uh, speaking of L.A. winning that Super Bowl, they, they had the parade today. And then a rally where you've got Aaron Donald and McVay, among others, uh, chanting, run it back. And uh, everyone, uh, on, at least on my social media account, is they're, they're taking that as a proclamation that Aaron Donald and Sean McVay will be back. And they very may well be back. I would also say that the free agents who are on this parade were probably chanting the same thing uh, as they hit the uh, new league year on March 16th. And yet... People aren't tweeting that Odell Beckham Jr. will be back. And Kevin O'Connell's being introduced tomorrow. He Finally. stuck around for the parade. They certainly took their time. But well, I would think you... if McVeigh was was really thinking about leaving in any short order and he wanted to leave the organization in good shape, it would have created a Josh McDaniel situation for, for O'Connell. Unless it's Raheem Morris who's going to get the gig. Yeah, but he'd really leave the offense in bad shape with him leaving and his top lieutenant leaving. And we looked at that roster of coaches. It's pretty yeah. thin after yep. him. O'Connell's taken somebody with him, too, off of that staff. He'd be demolishing the offensive staff if he leaves. It's already going to be revamped again. Yep. You know He's used to it at this point. And that will tie into a topic we have about him in 20 minutes. Um, Adam Silver, uh, commissioner of the NBA, finally admitting that even uh, right now, the vaccine mandates in New York City don't make sense. Kyrie Irving uh, continues to miss games because of the vaccine mandate. Meanwhile, and we po- I pointed this out whenever the season was tipping off, and this was a big topic, uh, a, a visiting player coming into the city can be unvaxxed and play, but Kyrie Irving cannot because his main residence is there. That makes zero sense for as much as these guys travel and, and play. Um, and now you have the commissioner finally, at the end of February, stepping up and saying something. What took so long? Well, I, I, mean, I just don't. I don't understand. They're the, they're the last to say anything. I don't look. You can have an opinion on something, 
it can be in line with most of the media or none of the media or very few of the media or whatever, but you can also, you know, take in things as they happen and evolve your opinion. And I don't think it took till, you know, mid-February to understand that these make no sense. What's going on in LA makes no sense. What's going on in New York City makes no sense. But is it the business of it now affecting him that gets him to wise up and actually question, hey, let's look around a little bit and see, hey, you know, maybe, maybe this doesn't make any sense. What I, what I once believed isn't true, and I can admit that now because I, I, I'm smart and I have a brain and I can change my opinion on things. Did it just now occur to him about that? It's been going on Paul, all year. Paul, you're a New Yorker. A, a what do you visiting, think? A visiting player can play at the Barclays Center, but the home player cannot. Yeah, it's it's completely inconsistent. It doesn't make it doesn't make much sense. Um, but to me, it fits right in with the league. I mean, I know yeah. it's an outside thing that goes on with the league, but here you have a gigantic trade in the league uh, from a guy who doesn't want to play for a guy who doesn't want to play. Oh, we'll swap teams, and now we'll see if they want to play. Does Ben Simmons want to take a crucial shot for the Nets when he wouldn't do it for Philadelphia? Does James Harden want to get to playing weight in Philadelphia uh, and, <laughs> and, and do more? I mean, it's weird the things that are intriguing in this league. So uh, the Kyrie Irving thing, Irving thing almost took like some of the things, hey, here's somebody else to blame. New York City is making stupid things um, and taking some of the heat off the actual NBA thing where guys not wanting to play is now New York's fault because the guy can't get in the building because of a mandate that doesn't make sense, uh, took, took some of the heat off. If they straighten that whole thing out and let well, Kyrie Irving back in the building, then the focus goes back a, on guys who don't want to play there's a new mayor who are allowed now. in the building. New mayor who you know inherited this ordinance. I mean, it's just all – it's just dumb. Well, it, the, I think it's all turned – I mean, look, you can you can open your two eyes and watch the Super Bowl and see that it turned in that stadium where there's an indoor mandate for masks and no one wore a mask right. at that game. And, yeah. and no, I, I it's saw an outdoor and also, stadium. For I, all I saw Paul. I saw media members wearing a mask at the media party that was also outdoor, and then they're unmasked in the stadium on it, the it's field. Ridiculous! It, it doesn't make any sense, and, and it is an indoor stadium. Uh, where they were, and especially in the suites, there was a there's an indoor mandate in L.A. County, and no one cares. And also, nor should they. You know, in the beginning of all this, people were would be bashing everyone there without a mask, and that's gone away. Yeah. So I think that this is one of those instances where silence is deafening. Right. The fact that you're not hearing from media on this is the media telling you, okay, you're right, stupid. Mask mandates, stupid. Vax, vaccine mandates, probably overblown. We get it. We don't want to hear any more about it. And then it goes away eventually. If Adam Silver's saying it, if we're watching a Super Bowl in L.A. with all of their protocols going on and not a single Hollywood person, no one there is in a mask. Well, this is I, no I coincidence. Think, I think, now, I thought this like six months ago, too, yeah. that we're like, okay, we're close to the finish line now. All of the silliness is going to go away. The hypocrisy is going to go away, and it came back. And Paul, the, the so it could always come. Well, the back. mask mandate too in L.A. was ending the next day. Well, so, not in L.A. Not in, in California, LA County. Oh, yeah, not in LA, L.A. County, County continues. But in the, California, this was. goes back. I think Super Bowl Sunday. Everyone's noticing the optics of this. This goes back to that meeting that they had. It was the Monday or Tuesday of the divisional round, where the report had come out the Thursday or Wednesday prior that. 
the NFL had approached the Cowboys about being the alternate venue and that they were going to meet with uh, representatives of both the Rams and the Chargers because technically both teams are hosting uh, the game. They were going to meet with uh, mayor and other politicians, the, the mayor and other politicians, and the NFL would also be represented. They were going to meet early the following week. And we never heard any details of that meeting, but we see whatever was agreed to on the screen at the Super Bowl, which was, this is how it's going to be. And that's how it was. I, I don't, I don't yeah. see any other way that, that you could read into the meeting. The meeting took place. I, I think that there, there was, was no story that came out that said, you know what, definitively, we're going to be at SoFi. Well, and there was probably not a push, but at least a spoken understanding that you're not going to have mask police walking around telling people to put a mask on. There, everyone can know about the mask mandate in the city, but it's kind of a wink, wink, hush, hush. No right. one cares. I'll say we just came back from L.A. There were places I entered that would require uh, a vaccine card or a, a photo of one mm -hmm. a few times, not that often. One time someone told me to put a mask on. One time at a Starbucks, funny enough, in our hotel. The only time, and actually the lady in front of me, they got her and said, ma'am, you need to put your mask on. So then I put mine on. I was next in line. And everyone knows it's going away. But that, that was it. I mean, even in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. you know, as a liberal a place you could think of or whatever, that's it. That's all I saw. Uber drivers, you get in the car and say, you can take your mask off. Yeah, Happened multiple times. So it's, it's, it's turning. stadium thing. I mean, it's it, definitely turning. Yeah. And it's, and then for the good. And then I see, I see uh, another thing I laugh at. The NFL is going to allow... Uh, did you see the Schefter report, Paul, about the the off season like uh, massages and like muscle therapy? The <laughs> the NFL said it is now working on a scenario which would be communicated to the players as soon as Thursday, in which it would allow an approved trainer or therapist or masseuse who meets the vaccination requirements into restricted areas, one per player, when he has time in his schedule. So. I, I, so you have to have a restricted area, but you're here to tell me that if I'm an NFL player and I want to get a, get a massage on a random Tuesday down in Brentwood, I can't do that. That's absolutely taking place. Absolutely taking place. I think these guys have, you know, uh, are being cautious about things given uh, to Sean Watson and things like that. They don't want to get themselves in, into bad situations. But I, I think a lot of guys have personal relationships with, with massage therapists but they're who having, probably come to their my, houses. My point is the NFL is releasing uh, like an approved group that meets vaccination requirements into restricted areas. That, well, like, to me, as if, is your house a restricted area? Call me a cynic. But to me, that screams of no. a, a choice group that signed an NDA with the NFL. I mean, I'll, I'll, well, I don't know about you I don't know. House I'm not saying that they, no, I can have I'm not any, saying they're signing a license to you know, be violated, oh, no. these masseuses, but I'm saying there's something up with these are a list of approved masseuses for you. I'm not saying anything about what it says or what it doesn't say. I, I just think it's interesting that all of it, this is considered a headline when these guys can have anybody to their homes they want and no one's going to bat an eye or say a word to them. Like, they can invite anybody they want to their home. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure they have been, but the, 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 uh, especially as the as the testing stuff I, eased I just, during the season. I, I just feel like we're. I, I just want a common sense approval here. Like 
So these players who have kids who are going to school that will mingle with other kids whose parents may or may not be vaccinated, the NFL's not like they're not approving some list of which schools you can go yeah. to and mingle with. So what difference does this make? Well, here's the message from everyone, and I, I talked about LA for that reason. It's okay to just do away with it. Yes, it is. I'm telling you, the people <laughs> on the far left that would crush you won't. It's not happening anymore. They're silent. They're going to be silent if the NFL came out and said, it's over. That's it. Two words. It's over. All the COVID stuff, it's over. Protocols, everything. Done. They would not face a backlash. The I only, firmly believe that. The people only have changed. Thing, Paul. I think it's a mistake to say it's only people on the far left who were or may still be. I think it's some people with health concerns who, you know, are are scared about going back into the world or encountering uh, well, people. But, but who last, obviously are responsible for themselves first and foremost. But Sure. But uh, I would say that the people uh, that are out in California that are going through those certain protocols got off the plane in Nashville and followed the protocols that are in place here or the, or the ones that are not in place here and but, went back to a not. normal life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't hear a lot of people discussing health concerns and being scared walking around Nashville. Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. Like you you got to, if, if you've got a pre-existing thing going on where you know you're at risk, you have to take a lot of precautions, whatever they may be. I, I think with everyone else, I mean, we know where this thing is right now. I, I'm simply saying from a PR standpoint, if a league came out and said, we're not going to enforce a lot of this and we're not adding new things. The fear of backlash was very real even six months ago. I don't think it's as real now. Yeah, the league I don't should think be there's going to be backlash. League should be si- NFL should be silent on it now. It's got no concerns. Well, it, They're the not only, re- back together until all, April. Well, except for the Combine. That's the only big event they've got coming up. And have we officially been told that the Combine will be like – the combine of 2019, no, or 2020. But all indications are, but we weren't officially told about Radio Row. Well, yeah. that, that's fair. Either it just kind of we're happened. planning on being at the combine, by the way. So right. we'll, we'll find out probably sooner than most on what their plans are. And the players, when there's over 300 players that'll show up and participate, but I mean, and they'll probably have some precautions in place in terms of uh, the number of guys who were in uh, the hospital in, in certain. Small quarters just, at the same time and things like that. that. But even for the combine, like let's use common sense here. You're going to put protocols in place a week before the combine. A week before players show up, you're putting protocols in place for massage therapists and other things. Like that makes well, Paul. You just said the NFL just should say nothing and stop adding these things. Someone else who should say nothing is NBC talking about Olympic ratings. This is from Dan Wetzel, oh. uh, who's a very good writer. Dan Wetzel. And he had a big story about China and the Olympics and how China got the Olympics. Uh, But he says, NBC Sports PR deserves a gold medal for finding new and creative ways to spin lackluster ratings. This is fine work, people. This is an email that was sent out by NBC. This is the the headline. Series with most primetime shows with 10 million TV viewers since the Tokyo Olympics, excluding NFL. Okay. The 2022 Beijing Olympics, nine of those programs. 60 minutes, in parentheses, post-NFL airings, seven. And then 2021 World Series, this last World Series, with six. I don't have a problem with them taking out NFL, considering they broadcast NFL. 
Well, they're also so the they're network taking that out their dumped own... the NFL to go to the Olympics, and TV's turned off across America. Yeah, at I don't, 9:30. I don't understand why they plus TV viewers just put it on your other network is I mean, a terrible number for the Olympics. Have we ever gotten an explanation as to why the Olympics had to be? It's their own network. They had the Super Bowl. Why That's what did I'm they saying. schedule the Olympics? Why doesn't it start they were, this week? They were so like Maria Taylor's job was to tell us. How, how many more minutes were left in their postgame? Don't turn away from the Super Bowl because the Olympics are coming up in six minutes. The Olympics should be and starting thinking, Friday should, night. You should be pushing. Well, I mean, it's the global. Where, where it is on the schedule has nothing to do with the no, ratings. No. Because it, they had a full week where. Nothing to do. This, the Super Bowl happened one day. It would have affected the ratings yep. on one day. I think the ratings would be better. If it's the ratings are awful. This they're so bad. Even if they were incrementally better, it'd be one of the worst Olympics of all time. That's fine. You'd still prefer it. Paul, what they better. spend on that? That's why this is funny. Saying ten million plus. How many people watch the Cowboys game? Fifty million in that divisional round, right? Yeah. That, that those are Olympic type numbers usually on prime time big events. Go look at the Michael Phelps Olympics, for example. Those are NFL numbers. The Olympics should compare to the NFL. That's why it's funny when you spin it as non-NFL in a big Olympic year. Because typically, Olympic ratings could approach NFL-type numbers on big nights. They're awful because of China. It's been a problem. It's not strictly China. That is the main reason. Why are you so reluctant to say it's because not because of China? I'm not reluctant to say it, but my kid, they show a lot of commercials during the Olympics of little kids watching the Olympics and being motivated by, like, the, the girl who's skiing right now and then becoming a skier, right? That's what the Olympics kind of do. Kids uh, historically have done, right? It's a great job of marketing. I'm glad that that commercial sold you. Well, Normally, marketing and commercials don't work on you, so I'm glad that one worked. Uh, look, do you want my answer to yeah, the question go ahead. Yeah, that's a very good job selling it to you. Well, that is how the Olympics happen. If you talk to Olympians, they say, I watched the Olympics and I decided I wanted to do the luge or I wanted to become a downhill skier, or I wanted to be the next Michael Phelps. Today's kids don't watch TV like that. My kid hasn't sat down and watched one damn event, this no matter how much kids. I pull them. And it's not because it's in China. Paul, the, so kids, the, the kids that sat down and watched it, like me and Chad, are now, for the most part, at the age where you have families and have kids who would sit down and watch it. And those who are now at the age with young families aren't paying attention to the Olympic Games. It has nothing to do with the kids. It's about who's in charge of the remote. Well, and how much has and they're changed? not watching it. How much has changed in the last year since the Tokyo Olympics? You'd be surprised. Because ratings are much worse. Have kids changed a lot since then? I, I'm saying uh, uh, I had control of the remote a lot during my teenage years. What happened to the TV? My kid has no interest in the TV. Okay, now. so if it's not just about – if it's about the kids watching – what happened at 9.15 when NBC flipped it to China and the ratings just dropped? And, you know, I know, I know the ratings, at least locally, because I was on a, a, a competing network with CBS doing a TV show that I'm night. I'm not claiming And I that, know what we pull. I'm not claiming that people are watching it. And I'm not claiming that China isn't a factor. I'm claiming there are other factors also. Well, China is far and away the biggest factor. Yes. I, I think we should all agree on that because a year ago, I don't think the, this generation of kids has changed so much that they all turned their television off in the last year since the Tokyo Olympics, which, by the way, the ratings were far better for far that better. Olympic Games. And that those were still bad. Again, for, for those Olympics. kids are four years older I'll now. say Americans a year older, wanting right? to support an American It was a year oh, later. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. If you're watching, if you're, if you're a woman 
women are more into women's figure skating. I'm going to be bold and say that who gets caught up in the figure skating every four years and wants to see the American figure skater. It's not the American figure skaters fault that the IOC put the Olympics in Beijing. And that story, I don't understand how it's so much less compelling than it was four years ago or might be four years from now. And I don't think the little old lady, my mom type of person is saying, I'm not watching that because it's in Beijing this time. I think there are a lot of people who are saying that. I don't think your mom or everyone is saying that. And I've watched some of the Olympics too. And I'm a big fan of the Olympic Games normally. And it's not the American figure skater's fault that less people are watching. And I do feel bad for those people that they're in an Olympics that's not as popular. But the facts are the facts. People don't want to support China. And if anything's in China and happening in China... There are a lot of people who turn their television off to not support it. The Even if they do, think that's their little way to protest, and the small thing they can do, they flipped off their television. The Olympics were in China two years ago, four years ago, Summer Olympics? Uh, 2008, uh, 14 years ago. That's a long, longer ago. Yeah, those, were like big, those were big games because Michael Phelps was big in those 2008 Oh, you're thinking uh, Japan or Korea? It was no. Tokyo, it was Pyeongchang, uh, South Korea. Yep. Those are the last two. No, because I, so I remember she, in the, the those summer that. games, they may not have been awarded the Winter Games yet, but there was talk that they would have the Winter Games eventually. Um, it's been a, it's been two, so, but I didn't realize it was Beijing two thousand eight. Um, two thousand twelve was London Summer Games. Two thousand fourteen Sochi Russia. Two thousand sixteen Rio. Two thousand eighteen Pyeongchang. Twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one Tokyo. You're good. And now we're in Beijing. I could probably go further back. I'm pretty good on the Olympics. Again, I'm a huge fan of the Olympics. Take us to Athens. I, I can just clearly see that China's the factor here with and these ratings. And, and we'll coming up Paris. Yes. And then um, L.A. right after. Is LA, LA's 2028. Milan and Cortina. Yeah, it's in Italy. That'll be the next Winter one. Olympics is in Italy. 2026. And we'll see the ratings hype. They, they'll go back up. Time zone uh, will also help. There's a lot of, uh, again, whatever the China factor, middle of the night stuff always sucks. There's, I mean, it sucks, but we don't have to. It's not hard to uh, try to avoid live reaction and be spoilers. No one's, I've heard no one on Twitter, seen no one on Twitter say, you know what, don't, don't spoil it for me on the show. That's the, this is the first Olympic Games where someone no, said that or e- hasn't said that. Even what they're showing, though, runs incredibly late. Like the, the show goes into the news and then they come back with more live stuff after. Yeah, and then they go Again, prime time. They're, they're discussing their prime time window and no one's staying up at 2 a.m. So if you're going to watch it, you're going to be watching in the prime time window. A lot has changed geopolitically in 14 years. Go back and look at 2008 Beijing Summer Olympics and I can remember being a part of a radio station where we were actively avoiding spoilers on Michael Phelps yes. and others because everyone was around their television at night watching a Beijing games in 2008. Coming times up, have changed. Coming up, times have changed in the NFL with hiring practices for coaches. And while X's and O's certainly matter, I think there is a, a different way to measure whether or not your head coach, your, your team, has a Sean McVay-like guy. He doesn't have to be the guy that once touched the shirt or shook hands with him to get a head coaching job either. 
I'll explain, and we'll see if Paul and Chad agree. This is Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Oh, Kick 360 rolls on. There were reports out that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan were negotiating a contract extension and a bump in pay prior to him going to meet with the Minnesota Vikings. He ultimately doesn't even get the offer. He comes back, and he's the head coach at Michigan. And today, uh, Brett McMurphy, um, he is reporting that they have agreed to a new five-year extension to Harbaugh's contract. Terms of this not disclosed yet but they will be out and we'll see how much of a bump he's getting compared to some of the other coaches in the conference that got considerable raises this offseason for the threat of leaving. Mel Tucker and James Franklin, to name a couple of them. Guys, uh, another coach set to get a nice raise if he decides to stay in coaching instead of broadcast. Well, either way, he's getting a bump in pay. Sean McVay, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. I brought this up to Claire, and she she kind of laughed at it. And she's like, "Whatever." But I, I think it's a good way to gauge the the factors of McVay and how some general managers, some coaches, some some owners are looking for their next head coach. There are some outliers to this. I would put Bill Belichick and Andy Reid as the outliers. But aside from those two coaches, here's where I'm headed. There is. There are, you know, you look at McVay and some of the coaches that have been connected to him, and you're thinking, okay, Zach Taylor's connected to McVay because of the offense. We're going to get the young guy to come in and pair with the young quarterback and build on that. I think bigger, there, there's a quality about Sean McVay that is the reason why he's now Super Bowl winning head coach Sean McVay at age 36. And it, it is the relatability and the, the coolness factor that McVay possesses with his players. And case in point is Cabo. Sean McVay is Cabo cool. He's vacationing there. Is your head coach Cabo cool? Sean McVay. I think most can, in a split second, say, yeah, I think my coach would vacation in Cabo and allegedly just happened to run into the veteran quarterback that 
my team's going to trade for and make it happen. They worked out and and uh, they they went through football scenarios, the mental recall of McVay and Stafford. Stafford was recounting play by play of a previous matchup and a, a game and a moment from six or seven years prior. And McVay is known for for known for having the photographic memory where he can recount literally any game and any play and any point in a game and tell you what happened down in distance and why the play call was the way it was. Um, Stafford's kind of the same way. And they hit it off in Cabo. They didn't hit it off in a visit to Detroit or they didn't meet in Colorado. They were in Cabo San Lucas where you know the Kardashians are vacationing and where Matthew Stafford is vacationing and where Sean McVay is vacationing. I, I, I think if, if your coach possesses the Cabo cool quality... That is a big step towards being a uh, making a case for a team being able to go all in and get the quarterback that you want. Let me go down a list of guys just popped to mind of Cabo Cool and what we're going with here. And you tell yeah, me, and yeah, it doesn't yeah have to. Name. You don't have to be a part of the coaching trade. You tell me, you tell me, yay or nay on current head coaches that would qualify as Cabo Cool as you laid it out, Hutton, Cliff Kingsbury, yes, Kyle Shanahan, absolutely, Mike Vrabel, yes, yeah. Matt Lafleur, yes. Yeah. Mike Tomlin. Yes. Yeah. Yep. O'Connell with the Vikings now. Right. No, let me, let me take it but a step further. Go, that's all young. Yeah, so look at the recent hires. Lovey Smith, no. Doug Peterson, nope. You want to keep going here? I mean, there, there are some other hires across the league that, I mean, uh, Pete Carroll would qualify. I could see Pete Carroll going to Cabo. Yeah. At I 70. McDermott's going to Cabo. I mean, Maybe. I don't know if I would put him in that list. I think he's going to Cabo. I don't think, I don't think it's as hard to, to be a Cabo guy. I mean, uh, McDaniel's going to Cabo. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Did you see that suit he Robert, was wearing? Uh, Robert <laughs> Saylor's going to Cabo. He may have bought that suit in Cabo. Robert Saylor? Yep. He's going to Cabo. Nick Sirianni? No, so you guys, he's going to Cabo to get the quarterback. This guy is vacationing there because it's just where he goes. Where, I don't, where do we think I'm not, I'm not saying goes. you're going to recruit the quarterback there because you know he's going to be there. I think there's a, there is a set mentality and a coolness factor. I, I said uh, on the Fox News Rundown this morning, I said Sean McVay is 1999 Abercrombie and Fitch. And if you grew up in the 90s, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where you would pay whatever it took to get the jeans or the shirt that just had the name on it. That's, that's what owners are going for now. That's what general managers are looking for. That's why O'Connell's the next head coach in Minnesota. And you know th- that's why Zach Taylor got his job in Cincinnati. I think Stefanski. Well, look, I, I'm looking at it. So I'm still from a generation where I prefer the coach to be the coach and to act like a coach and be separated a bit from the players in, in that respect. It certainly matters, and that's so, why he is where he is. I'm not saying he, he just l- got me, he me, lucked into yeah, this. He was no, good no, no, before no. Stafford. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about his coaching acumen here. Let me, let me continue this and what I'm, what I'm going with here. That's my generation, all right? I'm about to turn 40, so I'm not uh, who uh, Sean McVay's trying to recruit to play quarterback right. or who they're drafting in the NFL draft. I'm of a different generation a bit of those guys. Is it more important now to players today to be more relatable, to be cooler, to, to feel like, okay, I've got something in common with this guy? Absolutely. Is it more 
Is it more important for players today as opposed to players in 1995, for instance? Yes. So how important is that? Should that be for every owner making a hire? That would be the next question. As opposed to hiring Lovey Smith. Lovey, I mean, Lovey Smith, we can, I mean, again, like I think uh, Frank Reich. Urban Meyer. <laughs> Urban Meyer, right. I mean, there's... So a, there's nothing relatable about Urban Meyer with cool, his players. There's a coolness factor that not every head coach possesses. Um, his players and, have done a much better job dancing with that girl. And if you're, did also. if you're thinking, oh, my, look much I want my team to go all in. Well, is, is your head coach going to be able to land that guy? I mean, Peyton Manning made visits and chose not to go with Chris Palmer and Mike Munchak when he visited Nashville. And for good reason. Go to Chris Palmer or go to Denver and run the offense with John Elway. That, I mean, and, and pair up with Kubiak. So, I mean, McCarthy's not that guy. Nope. Rivera's not that guy, though he's a good old school coach. Arians, good old school coach. Art Smith, I would say, is kind of in the middle. But I'd like to play for him. Matt Rule. Dennis Allen. Matt Rule's not going to Cabo. Campbell. <laughs> I mean, these guys aren't cool. Yeah, I, I it's, Campbell's more cheesy than cool. It's interesting to think about how important that is to get the most out of your players, but also recruit players because that was a recruitment that took place, but a trade also had to take place. So they still had to find the willing partner in Detroit to make it happen and take Jared Goff. No, but but it, it, again, they the trade went through literally days after the vacation happened. It it wasn't like oh we we met in December and the trade happened in in March at the draft or in April at the draft. They vacationed right after the season and the very next week the trade happened because they hit it off. Stafford approved it. Got the and he had already been told he could seek the trade. And of course you've got to have the the team that wants the 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 other quarterback. But in any case, like even if you don't have the quarterback to trade, Chad, I'm saying does your coach possess the the recruitment necessary to get let Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, whoever is next on the trade market, the trade circuit this offseason, can you get the can you get the version of Matthew Stafford this offseason? Ron Rivera is not pulling I, that I guy to Washington. Relatability is very important for these guys, and you know players want to feel like guys have the best interest for them in mind, and they can relate to the players and motivate them that way and communicate with them that way. Um, I don't know that every player put it this way. It worked for McVay and Stafford because of their personalities. McVay could pull off this Cabo vacationing recruitment with a ton of other players. I don't know if starting out as your player's drinking buddy is the best route for every player. It works for Matthew Stafford. But it's not. I don't know if it works for everyone. It's not drinking buddy. They didn't know each other until this trip. Andrew Whitworth connected them. But they started them out. They drinking. But they, the, they, 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 they've talked yeah. about They started out drinking together. It became party buddies, like you said, Cabo cool together, and that's where the recruitment took but, place. But it's not just about Stafford going to Cabo. It's my my point here is you you can say if I said Ron Rivera vacationed randomly in Cabo, and it was a coincidence that he met with Matthew Stafford there, and they talked shop, and then all of a sudden the trade to Washington happens. You're thinking automatic BS. But if I say McVeigh happened to run into Stafford while vacationing. It's plausible. It's not likely. It, it, it's plausible. I think of it the same. That they're vacationing, and they actually see each other there. It's plausible that a player would go to the Kentucky Derby and run into Mike Vrabel. 
and it not be set up. But it, you're not doing that with your, you know, I would say 60 plus year old coach. And that's, that's my overall writing point here. You're, the, the new hip, uh, the in factor quality that's, that McVeigh possesses is what these general managers and most owners now are going for. And not the retreads uh, and these, these guys that have been through the circuit a few times. I think on that, though, it's predominantly age. I, I, I have trouble finding a young coach that wouldn't vacation in Cabo. Who's the young coach that wouldn't vacation in Cabo? Even Art Smith, who's kind of a nerdy, I could see vacationing in Cabo. Now, he'd be reading as opposed to <laughs> what? I'd, I'd see him more likely as reading under an umbrella than maybe snorkeling. Yeah, I don't see a lot of these guys vacationing in Cabo. I also think it's a complete setup just like it would have been with Ron Rivera. Yeah. That they were, you know, hey, Matthew's thinking of going to Cabo. I will too. I can believe that he would go visit. But it's about life status also. I mean, the coolness of Sean McVay. Now, Mike McDaniel's got kids. He's married. There's a different cool factor with that. Sean McVay has a supermodel girlfriend, and he's going to Cabo. Matthew Stafford has kids and a wife. His wife strikes me as someone who's very, very cool. Yes. And you could go vacation with and party with. Hell, she told a story about Leonardo DiCaprio licking her friend's ear. Right. Matt Ryan's wife's ear on a drinking uh, vacation one time. So it's the mix that I think works, right? Like, I, I would think Mike McDaniel would go to Cabo, too, and be very cool with it. But it's just a different setup when it's, I'm going to party with Sean McVay and his supermodel girlfriend. They're not yet married and oh, I'm bringing my super cool wife along with me, Kelly, and we're going to go party it up in, in Cabo. But I understand the broader point that you're saying, Hutton, in that owners may now be trying to capture that. And McVeigh's still on the far end of the spectrum. Uh, on, the, on the cool spectrum, he is uh, the, the far end. He's the 10. Let yeah, me give you another example more, of those two. There are more that are trending towards eight and nine on the oh, yeah. spectrum. Well, he started that. Four well, years ago. When Kingsbury yeah, was hired, that. here's another good example. When Kingsbury was hired, one of the sales points I heard about Kingsbury, even when he was at Texas Tech, he's a bachelor, and he really doesn't care about much else but football. Yep. He has no other distractions. He is very out front that he's not getting married anytime soon. He's going to be married to the job, and yeah, he's a young, good-looking guy, but he's not a huge partier. He's a guy. That's where status comes in when we're talking about this Cabo cool-type quality. But you look at Vrabel, Vrabel's got, you know, grown children grown now kids. who are out of the house who understands, you know, what's to come for, for his players. Uh, you know, the ones who are single and clubbing and the ones who have newborns and the ones who, you know, are further along the spectrum. And that was one of his selling points. You know, I understand where every guy, every chair in this room I've sat in. You know, I know every every step along the every route that any one of you are taking, which is different, I, I but do, also very appealing. I also think that if you wanted to go the Cabo Cool uh, Sean McVay route, there are plenty of guys that you could go pluck if you looked hard enough. Yeah, you don't have to have the McVay tree. That's my point. Yeah, you could go. I mean, is Byron Leftwich that guy? I don't know. I'm just going, that's the first guy who popped in mind. Like, you could go find those guys in the NFL or in college. We should mention Brian Flores, or he'll name us in his lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> well, true, I'll mention Gerard, Gerard Mayo, or Mayo who's, you, who's a, you know, a new, fresh 
guy who I think of kind of in the same same vein. The, uh, but the coming from the touching a different garment. But the the the, the idea that I mean it, it would totally be I, I think it would be treated different. Like if if, if Ron Rivera was randomly we're like Ron Rivera's vacationing where? <laughs> But, but McVeigh's like, oh, yeah, McVeigh's there. I don't know. Where do we picture Rivera vacationing? Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's like our, our good friend uh, Craig Nance has just pointed out, Chad. Cool recognizes cool. And if you're uncool, you're oblivious to the fact that you're uncool. And that, that in and of itself, if you got a coach who, who is uncool, they, you would probably be selling to the fact that, you know, our, our coach could get this done. Our you coach know, is going to win. You know who you become in that moment? You're Brian Kelly. Exactly. A great point. Brian Kelly great example. Has, has hit a uh, past, he's past midlife, past midlife crisis, and he doesn't understand and I, he's not cool. And, and it's hard to see a bright future for anybody that's faking it at their job. But I think Ron Rivera's cool for his age. I mean, I think Mike McCarthy's much less cool than Ron Rivera. Yeah, like I, I think, you know, we talked about Tennessee basketball. I think Rick Barnes is cool in his own way. Because he stays in his lane. <laughs> yeah. Rick Barnes isn't, you know, uh, on, a, on a spinning uh, podium, you know, dancing oh, but, with a recruit. Like, it, it, he does what he does. Yeah. And, it, the, and there are guys that Ron Rivera just, fits that category, too. Like, he's cool in his uh, own way. Cabo cool is just a different way of saying, is your guy in or out? Is he the in-style guy or is he out of style? And, you know, uh, Rick Barnes is hanging out at schools and gyms with Denzel Washington. Yeah. You know, during, prior to his Texas day. So... I mean, the, the guy is, is connected throughout. It doesn't have to be the vacation spot, but I think it is the mentality and the, the, the hip factor. And you don't necessarily have to touch the guy in, or touch the cloak in order to qualify in that category. No, and some of that old school stuff still works. Like, uh, did you guys see the, uh, the Pro Bowl uh, thing? I can't remember who Mahomes was talking to. He was saying, Vrabel seems like a pretty cool guy to play with. And then somebody asked him about Andy Reid. And he's like, yeah, he's like your uncle. <laughs> yeah. It's like Vrabel's like, like your cool, cool older brother. Playing, and Andy Reid's like Andy your uncle. Andy Reid's like playing for your uncle. And clearly people love playing for Andy Reid. Andy Reid's like the hey, mister, you go to the parking lot to get booze from when you're in high school. Right. Now, are there fewer <laughs> hey, you're Andy Reid's? you're getting a case hey, in there, uh, right? Can you give me 12? You buy me a pack of six? Yeah. Yeah. Are there you, fewer Andy Reid's are they as we get more and more of these young guys? What do these yeah. kids do today? If I don't your even coach know. smokes, uh, you better hope he vapes <laughs> and he doesn't freight train a cigarette any longer because yeah. that, would, that would qualify as being in or out as coach well. Coach Cheeseburger. Yeah. If he <laughs> Coming up, uh, the, the Tarantino factor – of Chad Withrow's, was this a game or practice? Practice. Practice last night. He's coaching uh, uh, his daughter's basketball team. And it got messy. And mm. Quentin Tarantino was directing. <laughs> That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
Withrow felt like Quentin Tarantino last night at uh, his daughter's basketball practice. Glad you're with us throughout the show today on Outkick 360. Felt like a field medic, actually, at one point. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let me start by saying I am now convinced that six and seven years old is too young to start basketball. Uh, it's d- definitely true for my daughter. You're a broken six. man. Well, it's just it's hard for a six and seven year. It's a complicated sport for six and seven year old coordination to fully grasp. Um, and I, I don't think I started playing basketball until maybe third grade, and that was the first year. Was a lot, you know, we had a league was maybe eight and nine year old. Anyway, so I'm a solo coach last night. Our head coach is out of town, coaching six and seven year old girls. We had six girls there for practice. Towards the end of practice, probably forty minutes in. Coach Chad is running the gauntlet in this practice. I mean, Coach we've gotten Chad. drills done. We've had, we've had uh, zone work. I'm teaching the 2-3 zone. We've got relay races, dribbling the ball back and forth. I'm doing a shooting drill. We only get a goal for half the practice. The other goal is 10 feet. Doing all this different kind of work. So we're going from one drill to the next. Girls are doing a great job. They're listening. They're into it. And one of the girls throws a basketball towards the drill. Another girl is running. Ball bounces off the floor right into the girl's face. Granted, this is a seven-year-old, tiny little girl that threw the ball. This was not some, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rocket bounce pass full length of the court. Is this the same girl that you bloodied? Uh, well, no, the, different girl. Okay, that, the girl okay, that I okay. bloodied her nose was not there. That's, okay. just, that's the story she for another day. She stays away. From yeah, she was, she was out. So she was not there for this practice. <laughs> ball bounces up, hits the girl in the face, and I immediately see it, and I think, okay, She's probably going to overreact to this because I know the feeling of getting hit in the face of the ball. Your eyes are going to water. It hurts, yeah. but you're, it's, there's going to be an overreaction. So I can see it in her face. She's starting to cry, starting to get upset. Her dad sees this too and knows it, and he's kind of walking over to say, hey, it's okay, it's okay. And the moment she looked up, it was like a Tarantino movie. It was, it was like every horror movie you've seen. Blood is squirting from her nose. I mean, projectile gusher. blood. Up pouring down her face. She screams. Another team is practicing. Everyone in the gym falls completely silent. Looking at this, I'm at midcourt with her. Dad is coming over trying to help. I'm looking over at the other parents who are seated saying, can someone go get some paper towels? Because there is a pool of blood at midcourt. Good news is the player is fine. The bleeding eventually stopped. She left practice. And I ended practice 10 minutes early because I had a bunch of horrified girls on the court that were near tears watching this bloody mess. Once upon a time on hardwood. Yeah. Sounds the like name a of coaching issue to me. I'll kick 360 back at it tomorrow. I'm a great coach. Clean up your blood. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks.